0: Hubhopper Originals To start your podcast for free, log on to studio.hubhopper.com I am so excited because I'm doing something which I've never done before. I've written books and I've certainly read out some of the picture books which are for younger children. I have never though read a whole novel through for an audience, and I must say you've been a wonderful audience. So uh, without further ado, I'm now in, this is a book that's divided into three parts. Uh, book one, which is, you know, of them wanderings. Book two, which is the breathtaking and of how shana the kashmiri pandit girl uh, becomes a breath taker for pema the kushavan tribes girl to uh, to perform that ceremony for her grandmother and yes of course this is a story about two nomadic people forced into becoming nomads uh because forced to becoming homeless, forced to cut their roots and flee. Uh, So now the third part. And the name of this chapter is I Forgot Myself for a Minute. When Shana came back next weekend from school, she found her mother down in the mouth again. Finally, she had managed to pick her mother up For the first time since Shana's father had been killed, her mother had managed to get out of bed, to be herself, to re-be, to be reborn again. But now she was down in the mouth, looking greyer again. Shana pried the truth, the truth out of her. Your nanny, your grandmother is right, Shana. It's just not appropriate. I forgot myself there for a minute, but I realize this now. I'm I'm tired. I'm going to bed. Shana stood there, shocked and hurt. At lunch, prepared by her grandparents, the grayness of the bland food didn't just depress her, it infuriated her. It was this, this greyness that hung about this house that had dissolved her mother into nothing again. She gulped down some water, both to help swallow the grey lump of food and also so that she wouldn't shout at her grandparents. She knew she would have to do this very calmly. She started by thanking them. Nana, Nani, thank you for all your help for taking me in and my mother in when our lives were in shamble after Papa died. Shana went on to thank them for opening their home to them when they needed it most. Although her voice sounded formal and insincere, she actually did, did mean it she wouldn't have been able to do this without them. Shana's mother was too broken and Shana herself was too helpless. But she wasn't so helpless now. She had become a taker. She was taking decisions, independent decisions, and she intended to go on doing that. She then launched into what she really wanted to say. Nana Nani, I have seen my mother crumble to nothing and you helped rebuild her back to life again. But now you've got to let her live that life again. You've given birth to your daughter not once, but twice. How many parents can say they've done that? But now, now, let Her live, let her live, she emphasized the words as deeply as she could. Um, Shana did wish that she had enough money and independence to take her mother to a new home of their own, just mother and daughter where there would be no restrictions on her mother's laughter, on the clothes her mother wore. She knew her mother could be so much more than just a grieving widow, that she had been confined, imprisoned into being. She knew that she wanted her mother to spend her life out of the shadows of grieving, She had many years ahead of her. This was no way to live, if you could call it living. Ma had enough money of her own, really. There was insurance money from the shop and the muavza, the compensation that the government gave when someone was killed by a militant, a terrorist attack. But Shana knew that she couldn't persuade her mother that easily. Shana was now determined. She and Pema had taken the decision to become doctors, seeing how their elders were suffering from the pollution of the city, from the closedness of the city. They wanted to become doctors who would marry the old traditional medicine with new modern medicine. That's what they had decided. But for that, first Shana needed to do something very brave. Almost as if the universe had heard her decision, the phone rang. It was Pema, excited and breathless. Huma had sent a reply. What does she say? I don't know. I haven't opened the letter yet. Well, open it then. Quick, read it out. Huma, just to remind you, is uh, the friend who Shana spurned and shied away from because Huma was a Muslim and Shana had been taught that Muslims were the enemy and that they had killed her father. And so she had refused. But then she, persuaded by, uh, by Pema, writes a letter to Huma. And now there's a reply. Pema, her voice shaking with an emotion that wasn't even hers, began to read. Dear Shana, my sister, my friend. Shana almost burst into tears then and there. Pema continued. But as the words unfolded, To Shana, it became Huma's voice, not Pema's that was reading the letter out. My dearest sister, how I have longed to hear from you. No, I have longed for much more than that. I have waited to hear your voice, see your beautiful face, look into your eyes. I have longed to wrap my arms around you and cry on your shoulder. For all of us have lost. You and I. Yes, Shana. I too have lost. I don't think you could have heard. Some militants came to our house one night and they took Shire. Who's Shire? Pema's voice broke into Shana's thoughts. Shire, her brother. Why would militants take him? He's Muslim. I thought they were just against non-Muslims. Read on, Pema, quick. We don't know, we didn't know, that the militants had been demanding money from Shire, A lot of money. He was trying to arrange it, borrow it from here and there, but he couldn't put it together. So they came for him one night, Shana. They came. Ami ran out, trying desperately to stop them as they dragged Shire out. Abu was trying to pull her back and all I could hear was screaming. Then suddenly shots were being fired. Bang, 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 bang. At first, I couldn't tell who was shooting or who they were shooting at. But they took him, Shana. They took Ashire away in a jeep. It was only after they left that we realised that Ami was on the ground. She had been shot in the legs. They'd shot her so she couldn't follow. She wasn't even crying from pain. Just for her son, her taken away son. Shana could barely hear the next words. They were already in her fearful heart. As Pema read out the words, Shire's body was dumped in front of the house two nights later. And Huma's mother had had to get one leg amputated in order to save her life. And just, I'm going to just stop there for a minute. This incident of the boy being taken away and the mother running after and being shot in the legs. This is a true story. We met that mother. Um, the, the son was killed. Um, and that the image of her and the warmth of her and the way she enveloped me in an embrace Um has stayed with me and finally found a place here in this book. But more than all that tragedy in the letter, it was the end of the letter that hit Shana the hardest. I wish I'd been able to meet you that one last time, Shana, my sister. I wish I could have told you that we are not all like that. Not all of us. You are still my sister. Your home is still here in Kashmir. Please remember, we are not all militants. We had nothing to do with your father's tragedy. But if you feel we did, then I am so very sorry. On behalf of all of us, I apologize. Come back, my sister. Come back one more time. Give me one more chance. This is your home. This will always be your home. Love from your forever sister, Huma. And then I'm jumping ahead a little bit. Um, I've been trying to select passages that will keep the flow. Uh, but there's lots of chunks that, of course, I can't read out. Um, can't spend that much time, can't take that much of your time. So Shana is at home, and she has again worked on her mother and said, live your life. Pick yourself up. I need a mother. I've lost my father. I need my mother. And Shana's mother believes her daughter, She wants to live for her daughter. Shana's mother emerged from her room. She had brushed her hair and tied it into a neat bun like she used to in the olden days. But more important, she had stood in front of a mirror and worn the red bindi that had stayed there on her mirror for a long, long time probably never to be worn again. Nani's eyes, as Shana's mother emerged, were wide and her mouth was open in horror. She fairly leapt forward to remove the bindi. After all, it was the mark of a married woman, forbidden for widows to wear. How dare you! But Shana's mother had her hand up in her own mother, and she grabbed her mother's hand, and with another she held on to the other arm, preventing her from reaching up and taking the red dot off." Um, so of course, uh, for widows, color is forbidden, wearing the bindi is forbidden, but uh, Shana persuades her mother to be again, to be alive again. Shana called a family meeting. She summoned up all her courage. She made her mother and grandparents sit down and she made them some noon chai, the salt tea that would bring back memories of home. Her mother knew what was coming, but she promised her daughter not to speak and let her have her say. Nana Nani, I am tired of living with hate, with the memory of hate, Shana began. I hated for a while, yes. I hated those who I was told to hate, but I'm done. I'm done with it. If you were to come to my school and meet the girls there, you'd end up seeing my point too. Why don't you come? Come and meet them, talk to them. For no real reason, they hate other groups of girls. They won't eat their food that comes from their homes. If they're distributing sweets on their birthdays, they leave those girls out. Not one of those girls has done anything bad to each other, but still, they follow hate as though it's a religion. Don't you think it's time to change? Hate grows when we feed it. And we, we children, who have no cause to hate, are taught to hate. Think of it. A baby is not born to hate. Then where does it come from? Where do we learn? Anyway, what I wanted to say is that I am done with it. I cannot live a life where I hate and fear my friends, people who were more like family than friends and neighbors. I choose to re-embrace them now. I'm choosing love over hate. There was a long silence. And Shana, Shana waited with bated breath. And they get into an argument. I'm not going to read too much of that. Uh, And Shana tries to get them to remember neighbours who had been friends, who had been family. I want to be that bridge. No, no, not want. I will be that bridge. I will not hate. And how will you do that? asked the grandfather. I am going back. I'm going back to Kashmir. A stunned silence followed. No one went back, not those amongst them. How was this slip of a girl taking such decisions now? Eventually, Shana filled the silence with an explanation of what she and Pema had planned. She told them frankly and honestly about speaking to Huma. She told them that they both had a legacy to carry on, a legacy that would die out if people like her didn't do something about it. I want to do it for Kashmir, for Kashmiris, and Pema wants to do it for the Khushavans, for the heritage that is is ours but it is dying, and I won't let it. Um, So she goes, and Pema goes, accompanied by Shana's mother, who takes the decision that she is going to go back to Kashmir as well. A huge and powerful decision. As the plane touches down, the girls disembark. Pema grabs Shana's arms, pointing upwards with her free hand. It's true! It's really true! What? Forever skies! They really, really are forever skies! Shana looks at her mother A big smile on her face, but she sees that Ma's hand is almost white. She's been holding the armrest of the plane seat so tight. Shana pats her hand to try and reassure her, but Ma is lost in thoughts and memories. Shana hopes she's going to be all right. Right outside, Huma stands, shifting from one foot to the other, as Shana knows she does when she is nervous. But as soon as Huma sees her long-lost friend, she bursts into tears and she buries her face into her father's firin, Dropping her bags, Shana runs to her and they're weeping and hugging and holding on to each other like they will never let go. And the security forces who are meant to keep the passengers inside and the visitors outside, just watch the scene. Their hearts melting melting at least a little. Huma's father goes up to Shana's mother and awkwardly pats her shoulder. There was a time when they would have greeted each other more warmly, but that time has passed. Or maybe it lies ahead. Pema stands awkwardly on one side waiting for them to come back from this emotional reunion. From all that Shana has told her about how they left, Pema is almost surprised by how warmly they take Shana back into their fold. She feels a pang in her heart. She is never going to know this kind of acceptance, where she comes from. There is no one left to wrap their arms around her, no one left to cry in relief to see her back where she belongs. Where do I belong, Pema wonders, feeling almost jealous of the loving scene behind her. Pema's hair is a shield in front of her downcast face. But she nods and whispers. Maybe, yes, maybe this nomad can come home too. For now, you are one of us. You're a Kashmiri, Huma says. Pema smiles and nods. She grins at her friend and says, and you, my friend, are not only a Kushavan, you are a druyo san a breathtaker, holy to my people. The girls laugh. A new adventure is about to unfold before them. Here, under forever skies, a strange family unites. Some estranged friends and some strangers are brought together by chance. And tied together by hope. They are bound by love and by common purpose. The young girls will be hunting for roots together. But more than that, not just medicinal roots for medicines that they're going to learn about. They are going to set down new roots. Roots of family, roots of love. These nomads have finally found a family they have found their land even nomads have a land to call their own original अगर आप भी अपना podcast launch करना चाहते हैं, तो HubHub Studio website पे register करें और एक minute के अंदर अंदर अपना खुद का podcast launch करें। यही नहीं, Studio देता है आपको पूरी आजादी कहीं भी, कभी भी अपना podcast launch करने की सिर्फ तीन आसान steps में। तो साथ में अपना podcast शुरू करने के लिए तैयार? Just hop on. HubHub. Simply content.